Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hi, everybody. Cheryl Atkinson here. Welcome to another edition of Full Measure After Hours. In this uncertain age of censorship, I hope you'll read my new bestseller, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. Slanted will tell what's really behind these trends and what you can do about it. Today in this podcast, an important update to a story that I've been reporting on full measure. Should athletes be allowed to switch from the boys' team and compete on the girls' team? And what does President Biden's new executive order about discrimination against transgenders add to this equation? A lot of confusion, it seems, as President Biden signs a bunch of executive orders that overturn or switch around or change Trump policies on hot button issues. You know, I'm not a political reporter per se, and I haven't followed politics all that closely over the years, believe it or not. But maybe this has always been the case. It seems to be the new norm where one president comes in and tries to undo what the predecessor did with a bunch of executive actions. President Trump was accused of doing some of that as well. I seem to recall President Obama got some criticism for the way he used executive orders. So anyway, this may be the thing, and it does create some confusion, but the one I want to talk about today is the executive order that Biden signed involving transgender rights and an effort to make sure that transgenders are not discriminated against But where this comes into play in a story that I've covered is it impacts transgender athletes. In other words, boys, in the example of a story that I did on Full Measure, who are on the boys' team and then decide at some point, sometimes within just a couple of months of running on the boys' team, to run on the girls' team and become a transgender athlete on the girls' team. Very controversial. Why did I do this story for Full Measure? Why did I pick it? Well... If you've listened to these podcasts or watched my news coverage over the years, you know that I like stories that don't necessarily fall along the expected traditional lines. Maybe there are a lot of shades of gray, some really interesting questions asked, and really a lot of people weren't covering this story about transgender athletes in high school and even in college because it doesn't fall neatly into one box. That's because... In this instance, there are some conservative activists who don't think that transgenders who are on the boys' team and want to switch to the girls' team ought to be able to do that, particularly with no hormone replacement therapy or surgery just one day, as they can do in Connecticut, kind of wake up if they wish and decide to run on the girls' team, although advocates say that doesn't happen very often like that, if at all, that it's a well-thought-out and reasoned decision. But the point is that The policy existed in Connecticut and in some other places where it it could be that easy. 
that someone raised and considered a boy, someone who considered himself a boy, can decide one day to run on the girls' team if they so choose. And what makes it so interesting is that along with the conservative activists who don't think that should be allowed are a lot of feminists like Martina Navratilova, who is a gay tennis athlete, someone of my era many decades ago when she was in her prominence as a tennis star and certainly supports human rights and civil rights of people and LBGT rights and transgender rights. But she and some other advocates on her side say there should be a line drawn when it comes to males declaring themselves to be females and competing with the women because it's an unfair advantage. And they say it undoes a lot of the progress that was put into place under civil rights law, I think it was 1972, Title IX, designed to give women opportunities that had been pretty much reserved exclusively for men in school sports. So the unusual alliance of some conservative activists with some feminists on this issue, I thought was very interesting. And I think the transgender athletes make a very interesting point themselves and have a lot of advocates on their side You may remember if you saw my story on Full Measure, we really tried hard to get an interview with some of the transgender athletes themselves, and they didn't want to do it. We tried to talk to them, contacted their attorneys, so we ended up representing them with an advocate who's on their side from a group that we found, and this wasn't easy, I'll credit my producer with finding somebody that would go on camera and represent the views of these transgender athletes who wouldn't talk with us uh, for the story, but... At last word, when this story aired, I think it was early October, the Federal Department of Education had recently made a controversial ruling saying that transgender high school athletes in Connecticut who competed on the boys' teams can't switch to girls' sports. And the feds were basically saying that deprives girls of athletic opportunities guaranteed under civil rights law. So the feds were siding with, this is under the Trump administration, were siding with the conservative activists and the people like Martina Navratilova, the feminists, who say that it denies women opportunities. Big national debate. So the question is, what did Biden's executive order on preventing and combating discrimination on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation, what did that do to this whole equation? And in essence, it seems to be applying a broader application of a Supreme Court ruling that came out last year. It was called Bostock versus Clayton County. And it basically said that gay and lesbian and transgender people are protected from sex discrimination in the workplace. And in that case, the court said it's impossible to discriminate against a person for being homosexual or transgender without discriminating against that individual based on sex. It was equating homosexuality and transgender to sex discrimination. So in Biden's executive order, he goes on to state, children should be able to learn without worrying about whether they will be denied access to the restroom, the locker room, or school sports. And so the order saying that all students, including transgenders, should be able to learn without facing what is now deemed to be sex discrimination And therefore, transgender women, meaning males who have identified now as female, should be able to compete on female teams, this under the Biden executive order. 
So what exactly does that mean? A lot of confusion. And I read a USA Today sort of explanation and fact check, and sadly USA Today has at times become very conflicted, like a lot of media in one-sided and biased so-called fact checks. This one I just found confusing because it seems they set out to show or to demonstrate that the Biden executive order did not mandate that schools allow men who identify as women to compete in sports or else risk losing their funding. It looks like USA Today is arguing that wasn't the case. But then when you read the fact check, it seems to be they're saying that is the case. And maybe the lesson to take from that is that this could be open to interpretation if people are confused about it and not in agreement. But according to the USA Today fact check, the executive order did not really address athletics beyond the mention of discrimination in, quote, school sports. And then USA Today goes on to say, transgender amateur athletes already have policies they must follow in order to compete. And it goes, you know, down this list of what is required at the NCAA, the National Collegiate Athletic Association. They require a year of hormone treatment for people who were identifying as men or considered men but become trans female athletes before those people can compete on a woman's team, requiring a year of hormone treatment. And then trans male athletes, meaning someone who was born female or considered female, now identifying as male, they will be eligible to compete in women's sports until they begin a physical transition using testosterone. Anyway, USA Today is going over all of these policies saying, well, see, you know, the Biden executive order doesn't change all that much because the schools are already kind of regulated. But it seems to me that a transgender athlete could argue that some of these requirements are transgender discrimination. Some of these policies referred to in the USA Today article as being something that already dictates the competitive field for transgender athletes. And there are current legal actions and legislative actions in progress that will still be playing out. We'll have to see how those impact or are impacted by the executive order. Still up in the air, as far as I know, is the group of female high school runners in Connecticut that I profiled on full measure in October. Connecticut being, as I mentioned, one of the states that has no restrictions if a person who's on the boys' team decides to compete on the girls' team. No restrictions for transgender athletes to doing that. And anyway, this group of female high school runners filed a federal lawsuit to try to stop that. That's going to continue working its way through court. If you want to see the original story I did, we will have a portion of that on full measure Sunday, February 7th. We're going to replay some of that in light of this uh, Biden executive order. So these high school girls running on the girls team were upset by the fact that some athletes on the boys team, Terry Miller and Andrea Yearwood in 2018, months after both switched from the boys team to the girls team, dominated the girls state championships in Connecticut, placing first and second, and then together won 15 state championships combined between them since 2017 as girls. When I looked into it, various states have all kinds of policies, just 
nothing really consistent. Nine states required high school transgender athletes to have surgery or extensive hormone treatment in order for them to compete on the opposite sex team. Uh, Idaho became, about a year ago, the first state to bar transgender girls, meaning those who had been raised as boys and then identified as girls, to bar them from participating in girls' and women's sports. But 18 states and Washington, D.C., when I checked, allowed transgender athletes to join either team they want without hormones or surgery. And then 16 states had policies that were somewhere in between these, and six states had no explicit policy. But here's what I see that maybe could be argued, although I'm not a legal expert, but could be argued in the wake of the Biden executive order, that in the states or college policies that require certain things of the athletes who identify of a different sex and want to participate in sports, these transgender athletes could argue that these requirements are not appropriate or are illegal or are discriminatory. Because why should some states have no restrictions or requirements, but others seemingly arbitrarily impose whatever restrictions they, they deem fit? I think it seems to me all of those could be under challenge now as a result of the Biden executive order. So catch up on this story with full measure on Sunday, February 7th, and I will be back in just a moment with a look at what else is ahead on this week's episode of Full Measure. Do you have something to say and want to make your own podcast? Let me tell you how to do that for free with Anchor. Anchor has creation tools that let you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. You can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's all you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. The news as we once knew it no longer exists. It's become a product molded and shaped to suit the narrative. Facts that don't fit are omitted. Off-narrative people and views are controversialized or neatly deposited down the memory hole. My new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism, is filled with important context regarding the death of the news as we once knew it. Pick up your copy of Slanted today. We're back. And I hope you caught last week's important program about CDC disinformation when it comes to whether people who've had coronavirus should get the coronavirus vaccine, whether it benefits them, whether those people who are already presumed immune, at least for some period of time, should be rushing to get the vaccine when there's a finite and limited amount and shortages in many areas, and where older people or people at high risk are not able to get the vaccine. There's pretty much agreement when it's parsed to that level that people who've already had coronavirus should wait. However, as I reported in the broadcast, CDC has been putting out disinformation, falsely claiming that studies showed and proved that those with coronavirus were helped by or that the vaccines were effective for them. That's not the case. I mean, maybe that will be the case that further evidence down the road will show there's a benefit 
for people who've had coronavirus to go ahead and get the vaccines. But effectiveness is not shown in the studies so far, and that's where the point of discrepancy is. CDC falsely claiming outright the studies did show efficacy, as they call it. And my story last week talked about how Representative Thomas Massey, when he discovered this massive error on the part of CDC in their publication and called them on it, how hard it was to get them to not only admit that it was wrong, but once they admitted it was wrong, to clarify and change it so that people wouldn't keep operating under this misimpression. Because Congressman Massey and other scientists I spoke to say that this is a really important issue. This could be costing lives because it could be depriving precious doses of vaccine uh, from people who need it because people who don't need it or at least there's no proven benefit for them are rushing to get it, thinking mistakenly on the basis of CDC's misrepresentations that it's going to help them. If you missed it, you can go to fullmeasure.news and watch the replay, or you can always go to CherylAckison.com, and there's a Full Measure tab, and all of my cover stories can be found under the Full Measure tab when you click into it. You can binge watch because all kinds of stories are there that are off the narrative, that are factual and fair or reporting on viewpoints that are being squelched or misrepresented in other news media. These are things that would not have been considered off narrative or controversial a few years ago, but with the management of our news environment and the media as it is today, these are stories in large part you're not going to see anywhere else. So you can binge watch the cover stories at CherylAckison.com under the full measure tab. What else do I have going on this week? Well, it's kind of related, but I interviewed a Stanford professor of medicine, Jay Bhattacharya, who was really one of the first voices to speak out against the lockdown policies. Why? Well, he said that scientifically they were doomed not to work, that they were going to do more harm than good. And he was on the front end of saying that, and a lot of scientists ended up agreeing with him, even signing on to a declaration uh, fighting the notion of lockdowns and saying that they were harmful. Well, now, fast forward, you know, it's been about a year, hard data has come in. And Jay Bhattacharya is the author of a recent study that looked at the data, not models, which some of the other Studies that say lockdowns did work and save lives, he explained, were largely based on modeling that was not really accurate in the world, real world, at least in his view. But he says looking at the hard data, comparing countries that had strict lockdowns with countries did, that did not do such restrictive lockdowns, they did other measures that were considered more doable and more reasonable, such as masking in public and social distancing, but not these strict lockdowns, well, he says the data shows the countries that had the strict measures did not fare any better and that he stands by his original claim that more harm than good was being done by lockdowns. We'll hear his rationale and his explanation and what the data shows Sunday, February 7th on Full Measure. So I hope you watch that. If you miss it on TV or you don't know where to catch it in your area, you can always watch maybe around 11 o'clock or 12 o'clock Eastern time on Sundays. These stories are posted online at fullmeasure.news. And it's Super Bowl Sunday. We are preempted in some markets this week. So again, catch us online. One other way to watch, either live or on demand at any time, is our app Stir, S-T-I-R-R. -R. You can actually watch online. Go to stir.com 
You should be able to find full measure there. But more importantly, on your mobile device, you can download the Stir app for free on Roku, Apple TV, Fire, Google Play, anything you like. And all you have to do there is choose any home station. And then when you're ready, open up the app and you can watch the first run of Full Measure right there on the landing page, Sundays at 10 o'clock Eastern time or on demand anytime. In fact, you could download the Stir app right now and you simply scroll down to the title, More Free Shows and Movies on Demand. And then you click the free news box and you'll see Full Measure. They have a lot of other cool stuff on there too, by the way, all for free, where you can watch TV on your mobile device. I know sometimes when you're not near a TV and maybe you don't have a Netflix subscription or you're otherwise not able to get the kind of TV shows you want to watch, there's a lot of really cool things available on the free app Stir besides Full Measure. So I hope you'll check it out. And then one more interesting thing we have coming up on this week's program. Lisa Fletcher is reporting for us on some cool science stuff. I love that kind of thing. You know, with all this talk about life on Mars, we'll be having our rover landing soon, as will other countries. There's talk about will our mission to the moon that President Trump started. I think he said he wanted us to be back on the moon by 2024. I'm not sure if Biden's going to keep up the timeline, but so far space advocates seem to think that that project is not in jeopardy. But meantime, you know, we're always trying to figure out the origins of life and the secrets of life and more about the very beginning. But Lisa's going to tell us about how a lot of those answers may be found at the bottom of our oceans. And she's going to talk to some scientists about that again on the Sunday, February 7th edition of Full Measure. I hope you enjoy today's podcast and that you will subscribe to Full Measure After Hours, share it with your friends, leave a great review, and subscribe to my other podcast, The Cheryl Ackeson Podcast. Don't forget to spread the word about my new book, Slanted, How the News Media Taught Us to Love Censorship and Hate Journalism. This is a true, useful user's guide for consumers who notice that their information landscape is growing more and more controlled by third parties, whether it's big tech or political or corporate interests. This explains what's behind all of that. And perhaps more importantly, some things that you can do to try to find honest, accurate information in a very confusing and chaotic atmosphere. Do your own research, make up your own mind, think for yourself.